Welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We'll have more information at the end of the podcast, but for now, please enjoy this week's teaching. On the scripture this morning is from Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days tested by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The word of the Lord. Thanks, John. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Dave. Got to get my little props ready here. Um, like Will said, we are going to be engaging with kind of some creative elements to help evoke the idea of wilderness um, this Lenten season. So, you know, I needed something tactile and prop-like. Thanks to um, Rebecca this week, too, who helps me make some more of the items for it. And actually, you'll find that we will be... Um, just going to set these over here, that we will be adding to it during Lent, and it will look different every time, and we're going to need to bring our little dust buster, okay, <laughs> just putting that down, so Rebecca, all right, we're doing shop talk in the middle of church here, but I kind of made a mess making some creative stuff up here, but especially with a small worship team today, um, there's a little space, so you could always come up during Eucharist. If you wanted to get closer, I know sometimes it's hard to see stuff. Um, and like Will said, feel free to check out the little terrariums or what have you. And I can extend that since most of our kids are downstairs, so they will not be digging in the dirt in here, hopefully. <clears throat> well, would you pray with me this morning as we center ourselves in God's expansive love and welcome? God of all creation, you are present in the wilderness, providing shade and rest, comfort and light. Fill us anew with your spirit. Make a way where there wasn't a path before. Help us to begin again, returning to you, our source. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, our family, I know I've mentioned this before, our family is captivated by that TV series alone. Has anyone else... Seen alone, yeah, a couple. We talk about it on staff a lot, so I at least know that it's a, that it, the staff families like it. But if you're not familiar with it, individuals are um, left alone in remote wilderness, and they're expected to survive as long as they can alone. So they have these basic survival and safety tools. They have some camera equipment, so they record their experience, and then that footage is then used to create drama, of course, for a TV show later, but there's just so much drama in the fact that they're trying to live alone in this wilderness. We're so captivated by these people's skills, 
mostly in large part because we have none of those same skills. But sometimes we're kind of impressed even by the bravado. There are definitely some folks that go out there like, I got this, I'm really good at doing this at home, no problem. And then you kind of see quickly how that bravado shifts in the face of nature. So folks are supposed to endure as long as they can. They can tap out when they need to um, with a distress signal. They get a weekly med check to make sure they don't have to be removed um, from the game for medical reasons. And no spoilers, but over the seasons, you see all manner of experiences. You see injuries, even small ones, that end up becoming something that makes people tap out early. Folks require removal because their bodies are just not getting enough nutrients. All the while, they still have food stored up. I think that was one of our most sad <laughs> stories was a guy being removed from, with a med check, and he was like, but I have food, I have food. And he did. He had just been storing it because he was afraid he wouldn't have enough and it wouldn't last. You see people leaving because they can't stand the silence for one more moment or coming to the realization that they want, some, that while they wanted this time alone, they really desperately missed friends and family and really needed to get back to them. People are humbled in this, in this show by how it is to live alone in the wilderness. And they find delight in small things. And they're constantly reevaluating priorities and life trajectories. And even as experienced outdoors people, they're almost never prepared for what the wilderness shows them. So alone kept popping up in my brain this week as I considered the start of Lent, this time that we're um, discussing the theme of wilderness and journeying together. And in our scripture portion today, Jesus, following his baptism, is forced out into the wilderness. So he's set off on his own alone journey. And I feel like a cheesy youth pastor in saying now, you know who also was alone? Jesus. But it's true. It's true. So he's on his own alone journey. 40 days of whatever nature and seclusion and the evil one could send his way. But he's not the only person in the, in the Bible to experience this. We see words translated as wilderness occurring nearly 300 times in the Bible. There's this formative Hebrew memory with years of wandering in the wilderness, mixing experiences and wild landscapes, of searching for a promised land, encounters with God. Throughout the Old and New Testament, we have this imagery depicting uninhabitable land, Wild fields, desert, impassable land, land without water, isolated places. And the wilderness played an important role in Jesus' life, as we see in our scripture passage today. Even though it's short, right? I feel like there are like 12 different sermons you could take out of these few verses. Verse 12, the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tested by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. So wilderness in scripture is both this literal and figurative place. It's, got, it's full of intense experiences, right? And isolation for Elijah as he hears the still, small voice of God. It's a place representing deep need for food and water for the Israelites. It's a place of danger and divine deliverance for Hagar and Ishmael. 
It's a place of renewal and new encounters with God, like Moses and the burning bush, the giving of the, di- of the divine name, and time on Mount Sinai. In, Jew- in Jewish history, wilderness is a place of reflection, a place of transition, and a place where humanity reckons with the divine. And I imagine Jesus in that wilderness, not choosing it, not choosing it, but finding himself there nonetheless. And then as he's there, he's dropped off, he's alone in this wilderness, and the voice that is not of God surfaces with words attempting to destroy what Jesus just encountered in his baptism, where he is claimed as God's own. He hears the voice that is not God say, you are an imposter, you are not beloved, you don't need God. You could have an easier path another way. You're not enough to begin this journey. Are you even sure the experience you had was real? And you could use that God power to kind of dominate everything. You might be hungry now, but you have the power to change that. We too are accustomed to that voice that is not from God, the one that tells us that we are not enough, the one that says that we could and should have more power, the voice that tells us that we need more certainty, that we need to build higher walls to keep others out. Nadia Boltz Weber preached that temptation is always about identity. It's about who we are and whose we are. Identity is always God's first move. Before we do anything wrong, before we do anything right, God has named and claimed us as God's own. The world tries to tell us who we are, whose we are, but only God can do that. Everything else is just temptation. Perhaps Jesus endures temptation by remembering that God has already called him beloved moments ago in this baptism experience. Perhaps he endures the wilderness by remembering his identity, by noticing the companions that are with him that he finds on his journey, and noticing the provision of a God who is with him in it. Because Jesus is in the wilderness, but he's companioned, we see in scripture, by the wild beast. He is fully human, fully divine, creator with creation. In our own journeys into the physical and spiritual wilderness, we can find comfort like Jesus did in the created world around us. We often have this, many of us have this recurring question that we experience in the wilderness, are you silent God? And that question might be answered as we engage in the wildness of creation. Perhaps when the divine voice feels quiet, In a traditional way of hearing, we can notice that God is still speaking in the language of nature around us. Companionship, even when it's not as we expect. Which leads us into the care that Jesus receives in the wilderness. Mark 1.13 ends with, And angels waited on him. The wilderness stories in scripture tell of God's provision. Manna for the Israelites, food and water for Hagar and Ishmael. And I don't know what Jesus experienced as the angels waited on him, but I imagine the very things that his human body needed for sustenance, along with words of comfort. Remember that you are God's beloved. Remember that you are not alone. Remember. 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 
the season of Lent, we're journeying together through the wilderness as Jesus did. Guided by the Spirit as he comes face to face with temptation and struggle. And yet, in his 40 days of fasting and resisting and wandering, he is shaped and formed for his life that would come after that. And similarly, through the wilderness of Lent, we are invited to surrender to the wild leadings of the Spirit. We too rarely enter the wilderness willingly, but hopefully through our wandering, we can remember who we are and whose we are. As I said before, our sanctuary is adorned with elements of some elements from nature. We'll continue to add to that throughout the Lenten season. It'll be different every time. And it, because instead of running away from the wilderness and that experience, we've brought images of wilderness in. Because whatever we encounter in the wilderness ends up needing to be reckoned with, wrestled with, and perhaps even befriended. And these elements from nature remind us of the many layers in the wilderness. And in these layers, we find meaning and courage to carry on. So for a few moments, let's imagine a type of wilderness landscape as we find solidarity in Jesus. So soil. Soil. I'm going to really try really hard not to make a mess. Soil reminds us of the immensity of the universe and the interconnectedness of us all. There are billions, billions with a B, of microbes in less than a teaspoon of healthy soil. In a handful of healthy soil, there is more biodiversity in just that bacterial community than you will find in all the animals in the Amazon basin. And just as we look into the night sky and feel humbled by the enormity of galaxies and planets and star systems, we can look to the very soil beneath our feet with awe and with wonder for our created world. And in the winter, many trees let go of their leaves. <clears throat> Some trees need to be pruned in order to create, to bear fruit. Trees remind us that we have to let go in order to start anew. And every spring, trees show up, and they show us what it's like to become new. In the wilderness, friends, God is cheering for you. There is newness and new life. Friends, the wilderness is a place to begin again, to see new buds on dormant trees. This poem by Reverend Sarah R. is a lovely reminder that the wilderness is a place of new beginnings. She writes, Begin again, life whispered in my ear. For some days are beginning days. Some days are designed to be the day that we try again. And on those days, the sun rises for you. On those days, the birds sing for you. On those days, God is cheering for you. That's just the way God and new beginnings work. For when your heart is broken and your life is in pieces, or when the addiction or the depression have found their way back into your bones, or when you lose sight of the person that you were called to be, the wilderness will sing to you, 
begin again. Begin again with the person you want to be. Begin again with the person that you want to love. Begin again with the knowledge that your faith can begin again. The sun is rising for you. Sand. Sand accumulates slowly over time, wearing away from rock and stone, crystallizing tiny organisms and minerals into hard manner, hard matter. In the deep crust of the earth, grains of sand, they compress into stone. And sand reminds us that the wilderness has a memory, has a history. For as long as there has been creation, there has been wilderness. Friends, the wilderness is somewhere we've been before. In the Bible, the wilderness was often like a maze for the lost. Right? So they're wandering around. Pretty large wilderness if you're there 40 years. Jacob wrestled with a mysterious angel through the night in the wilderness. The Israelites escaped to the desert and then wandered there for 40 years. Jesus encountered the Samaritan woman by a well in the midday heat. But often the wilderness was also a place to discover, to encounter the divine. And so when Jacob dreamt of a ladder leading to heaven... He placed a stone to mark the spot. He called the holy place Bethel, God's house. Even when we are lost or walking in the dark, stones remind us that God is transforming our terrain even then into holy ground. And finally, moss. So moss has no roots and requires no soil. This is where I'm going to make a nice mess. Sorry. Instead, moss grows on the face of a stone. Moss is known for its hardiness. It can sustain drought. It can sustain too much rain and cold temperatures. Some moss can even grow again after being frozen for over a thousand years. Moss reminds us that the wilderness is a place of new life and a place of resilient life. This week, I want you to consider where you have seen God plant a garden in the wilderness. Where have you noticed life springing out out of desolate terrain? This Lenten season between now and Easter, we're invited to lean into the wilderness, to silence the outside voices as best we can, to consider our mortality and how we can return to our source, creator God. And while most of us are not being dropped off on Vancouver Island or Patagonia, like on a loan, we're not necessarily all trying to start a fire with wet wood or weave a fishing net out of some paracord that we had. We can still engage in the wilderness, whether it's exploring solitude or simplicity, Sabbath or sacrifice. Friends, dig your hands into the soil and remember that you were formed by the creator of all. Pause and take a a really big deep breath of fresh air and lean into a rhythm of rest and connection.
We have been here before, and we don't travel this wilderness path alone. Friends, this is how we survive the wilderness. We tether ourselves to the promise that we are God's beloved. We reorient ourselves to the source of life. We recalibrate what has felt off track or not life-giving, and we notice the landscape around us. Noticing the companions and the natural world that can remind us of God's presence and provision through it all. And may we watch for the strange and wonderful ways that God might show up in the wilderness. May we find comfort, comfort in Jesus' time in the wilderness, knowing again that he experienced a very real journey that we too can share in. May our own paths into the wilderness remind us that our identity is as beloved children of the Creator, that we are companioned by all of creation, and that provision is at hand, even when we endure a desolate or terrifying landscape. So when you come up, like I said, for Eucharist today, feel free to grab a stone, hold a stone, touch the rough branches, touch the moss. It's a little finicky, so maybe don't do that. (laughs) Come and check out things up here. Look at the terrariums. We hope that these images would help draw you into places of connection this Lenten season. Friends, we learn who we are in the wilderness. We learn who God is in the wilderness. We learn how to take the next step, how to find comfort with the unknown, and how to trust God's call. All in the wilderness. In the wilderness, our faith can be born, can become new again, can be nurtured and challenged and resurrected. Let us journey together. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Genesis Church Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. Creating opportunities for our community to respond from wherever they are in their faith formation. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary and a church calendar because they anchor us in something which can hold us no matter what life throws our way. Our goal is to become ordinary apprentices of Jesus who are learning to love God, ourselves, and others wholeheartedly. If you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit genesiscove.org.